There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Welcome to our program for April 12th, 2021. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson, Virgin Pringle Sauce Boss. What's up, Jackson? What's up, Tim? How are you? I'm wonderful, sir. What's the good word with you? Tell me about you. I want to know all about you, boy. (laughs) I had a fantastic weekend of pretty much doing nothing. Watching uh, Masties. Watching Masties. On Friday, I had to drive up to the great city of Columbia Mo. I needed to get a W-2 from my old job in Columbia so that the godforsaken tax man wouldn't come after me. So I drove up there. Isn't there, isn't there a way in 2021 for you to get that without going there? One would think, but the only way I trust is, you know, some, what, you know the old saying. So this was an excuse to, like, wait outside the Missouri Arena for Conzo to yeah. get an autograph. Yeah, so I could possibly do some mail on the street work no i uh i just uh i like going up i like to drive to columbia actually because i get a chance to catch up on some podcasts i like to listen to how and quickly can you make it from brentwood you're going 40 then you're going to 70 yeah i i made it there about an hour and 40 minutes it's about average I'm taking the under on that yeah i can get there at, i can get there faster but i just I don't drive extreme. I drive 80 on 70 at the fastest. I never go above 80. So at that point, it takes about an hour 40, hour and a half some days. If I'm leaving like in the morning, I get there at Columbia about an hour 40. But other than that, just watch Masters, Cardinals for brief moments. And uh, it was pretty enjoyable, I thought. Did you uh, have any action on the Masters? No, no, I did not. Until draft, until like sports gambling becomes legal in Missouri, I kind of just want to do that because I've done what, it in drafting? Illinois. Yeah, I, I do yeah. that sometimes, but uh, I wasn't confident enough in myself this week to make a roster. But once draft, like once sports gambling becomes legal in Missouri, I could see myself doing it a lot more because I've used their platform in Illinois, and it is fantastic. It's a it's a good way of doing it. If you do it with local guys, like a couple of my friends do. Sometimes they don't want you bet on certain stuff because there's too much exposure on it. I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, that that, that, that the, the the thing I use, the lines are awful. Yeah. So then I'll go to Bovada to get better ones. So I, I didn't even so much of my attentions on DraftKings yeah. and, and doing that that I had forgotten that I put in. I'm looking at it now. I went to Bovada just now. Now, I want to make this clear. I've got bets on Tommy Fleetwood, Jordan Spieth, Paul Casey. Um, So, uh, you know, just to make it clear, it's not like I'm just picking one person because I'm not. That's not what I do. Mm -hmm. But I did bet Will Zalatoris before the Masters, and I put 20, let's see, what did I count? 20 bucks, yeah, 20 bucks, which would have paid 1,600. And then again... Probably forgetting that I already bet him, I bet him again, <laughs> uh, and I think it was another twenty bucks to win, and that would have paid um, another. I don't know the, the the odds had moved at that point, but either way, if if Will Zalatoris won the Masters yesterday, we're recording this on Monday after the Masters, I would have won like twenty seven hundred dollars straight Jeez. to me, uh, and it was like I think on thirty dollars worth of bets. I also had Shoffley. Uh, I bet that before the Masters as well. I was really convinced he was going to win the Masters. That's real. That's really where I was. I really thought he was going to win the Masters, and this is before mm-hmm. Sunday. This is for, for whatever reason. That's that's where I was. I thought that he was going to win it. I don't know why. Again, I mean, when it, Doug's a hundred percent right on this stuff, <laughs> it truly is guessing. Yeah, there's no way you could have been like, yeah, Patrick, unless unless you know something, unless you have Bud Fox, Gordon Gecko shit going on. Mm-hmm. You really are guessing. Like McElroy not being right, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Patrick Cantlay playing like he did, 
Sun J M. But I, but you're going so golf specific to go into names like that. Yeah. Um, but the premise being, it truly is guessing, it, and it moves so quickly. Brian Kelly, the HomeLoanExpert.com online at thehomeloanexpert.com. Really, at this point, I mean, listen, you can always refinance, but I got to tell you this. If you're looking to buy a home and this is now becoming home buying season, although it seems like all 12 months of the year are home buying season, uh, you got to get pre-approved. You just, you have to. What's going on is absolute craziness in the uh, real estate market right now. So you got to come to the table pre-approved or else you're not going to get the place. That's just the way that it works. Thehomeloanexpert.com is where you can do that. Ryan Kelly. The best in the business. The best in the business. Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. Once you get pre-approved, make sure you go to James Carlton, Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, 314-961-4800, or go online at carltoninsurance.net. James Carlton is my insurance agent. I would like to recommend James Carlton to you. He is my insurance agent. He should be your insurance agent. He is a State Farm insurance agent in Webster Groves. His customer service, his staff their attention to detail, making sure you don't miss payments, making sure you don't miss an opportunity to save money. Nobody better. James Carlton, 314-961-4800. Or go online at carltoninsurance.net. And Jamie Burkhardt and Clayton Patterson there at Munganess. stlouisacura.com, altontoyota.com. If you're in the market for a new car, if you're in the market for a pre-owned car, go to stlouisacura.com. Go to altontoyota.com. That's where I got my car. It's sitting right uh, Actually, no, it's not. Anna Marie has it right now. But uh, I drove it down to Florida. I drove it down to Florida. And uh, Doug has a, an MDX right now, if I'm not mistaken, from yep. stlouisacura.com. We love our cars. The, uh, the loyalty of uh, Munganass, stlouisacura.com, and altontoyota.com to the show and our audience to them couldn't be better. Uh, and there's a reason for that. They keep putting out great deals for our audience. stlouisacura.com, altontoyota.com. Uh, that is the automotive dealership of the Tim McKernan Show podcast. One of the questions I got here, and I guess I'll go right into it since it's what we're talking about right now on Daily Fantasy Sports, um, is uh, it ties into DraftKings and the Masters, and I will read it right out of the gate because I was um, communicating with some people on what wound up happening with DraftKings this week and who won the million dollars. Um, hey, Tim, I've dabbled in DFS, Daily Fantasy Sports, for a little while and have always heard or done similar things to you about ownership percentage and being contrarian. However, at times, I felt like I was looking to be contrarian just to be contrarian when the right pick was a high-owned player. I understand that you need to have low-owned players and hope the high-owned players that you fade struggle. I know the guys that do this for a living analyze the winning lineups after each tournament. Have you or anybody you know tracked how often the winning team has high-owned players? For example, yesterday, the millionaire maker winner had three of the highest-owned players. Uh, I understand it was only one tournament, and I admittedly haven't researched past winners to see ownership percentages. Sorry for the long-winded question. To sum it up, do you ever feel like you're weighing ownership percentage too heavily and trying to be contrarian just to be contrarian? Thanks. Great question. I actually truly was, and there was a request for us to do a podcast on Daily Fantasy for the Masters. Mm -hmm. And I was interested in doing it, but I mean, for, for real, and I talked about this a little on the radio show, and it happened again today. This is now the fourth straight day of TMA slash podcast where I haven't slept, and I'm a little concerned because usually it's one day and then it's, yeah. I'm back, and I'm this is freaking me out. And I don't know if it's, I got the first dose of the vaccine, but that was nine days ago. I can't, I don't know what the hell's going on here. I, I think it's because I'm sharing, I, my son at this point sleeps and only falls asleep if I'm in the bed. And so I'm sleeping with him and I think it's, I think it's just beating the shit out of me and it wakes me up. That's what I think's going on. It's what I hope's going on. Mm-hmm. But either way, I'm not sleeping well and I'm just kind of a, you know, so I said this on the radio, I said it on the podcast, that's what's going on. It sucks. So I wasn't like, yeah, let me dig into this, but I, I did want to go through it. But I don't want to do it in advance yeah. because I don't want to give out information. And in a way, I don't even want to go into this because I think what this gentleman is asking is one thing. There is actually math mm-hmm. that isn't just like, oh, I'm going to be contrarian. There's actual math to it. And honestly, up until about 10 days ago, I didn't even know the math. And so part of me doesn't want to share the math. Yeah. Because I don't want to share, because I don't, I don't. You don't, don't want to give away the secret to the sauce. Right. But then at the same time, it's so basic that I don't necessarily know if it's, 
I guess, I guess here's my analogy, and this will resonate with 5% of the audience, maybe 5% of the audience. In 2004, 2005, 2006, and most of 2007, I played a lot of poker. I lost a lot of money playing poker. At some point in either late 2007 or early 2008, a couple of things clicked. As, and not because like I started getting good cards. It's how you play the game. And in 2008, 2009, 2010, and we are, uh, what, three days away from the 10th anniversary of Black Friday in which the United States government uh, shut down online poker. And uh, here, who would have thought 10 years later, for those of us who played, that we still wouldn't have regulated online poker in the United States. That's ama- a fucking amazing thing. It's just amazing, especially with sports gambling being um, now as popular and regulated state by state as it is. So with that all said... You learn. I read, I read, I read, and then I learned how to play. And one of the things that's the most basic tenets of playing poker, I mean one of the most basic tenets, is to fire continuation bets. Mm -hmm. Continuation bets are you raise pre-flop, and then you you automatically bet the pot on the flop. You automatic. It's like like I mean for real, like way more than fifty percent of the time. Now, I, I'm saying this in the mindset of 2008. I realize the game changes and it evolves just like Daily Fantasy will change and evolve. And as basic as that was, and then I started doing a couple of different things, and then I started learning a couple of other things that, that are, are not really kind of neither here nor there, but, uh, you know, researching players, I guess, would be the best way to describe it. So you kind of, if you know a player is a good player, a player will play a certain way. If you know a player is a bad player, you know the player will play that way. So if I can look the player up and see how he's performed, uh, I have a good idea of what he's doing. That's the best way to describe it, even though I know that sounds super abstract. And once I did that, playing online poker became a, a source of income probably by the when it was shut down in 2011, something I was making about 20 to 25% of my annual income on mm-hmm. um, in, that, in that realm. Um, so with that said, that's why I was super bitter about it when it happened and I still think I still even though I don't play I still think it's ridiculous that you cannot play online poker in the United States ridiculous it is absurd but with that all said I feel like what I have learned here recently and I'm talking about within the last 10 days is kind of one of those oh you got to bet at the pot after you even if you don't hit because not only and Fuck it, I don't care. It's my podcast. I'll go into it, and people can fast forward through it if they don't want to listen to it. Oh, yeah. um, do you have a chance to win because you've hit, you've connected on your pre-flop bet, or you have a top pair and you're ahead anyway on a, let's say, 4-9 jack board, and you have pocket kings, um, or an ace comes off, but you have pocket kings, and then now the person who called you is like, oh, fuck, he hit his ace, I'll fold. Or you hit, and then the person sticks around, or you bet with pocket fours pre-flop, and you flopped a set, and now you bet it then. You don't slow play it, because now you're, uh, the value has actually increased by betting it as opposed to slow playing it, and then check raising, or then getting aggressive on the turn. I don't, I'm going straight into poker lingo and not even apologizing anymore. Hell yeah. It's that, that is, so once I realized that, it just changed immediately. And so we had that information... For them, and again, I say information. I think for even people who aren't winning daily fantasy players, I think they know this. But I really don't want to go into it because it's so. It's it, I. I didn't know it, and I don't. But but ownership percentage to me is actually more important than the players. Mm. And that might sound ass backwards. But it's kind of like when there was a lady, and I don't know if she's still playing. I think her name was Annette, and she was from Western Europe, I believe. Maybe I don't know. She was European. Can't rec- recall the nation. Went on. She was like all the rage about ten years ago, and she's like, I could, I can win a tournament. I think she did win a tournament without even looking at the, without even playing her cards. Wow. And 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 so the premise being. First off, you can get reads on people, and you don't even have to be playing live. You can get reads on people because, again, if you know how people are going to play, they play a certain style. Um, but with Daily Fantasy, it's it's it truly is more often than not, and I want to emphasize the more often than not about ownership percentage. So what 
uh, Eric, who posted this on the fan page, asks, he points out, and I was texting with my buddy last night about it, I go, how about the person who won the Millionaire Maker having Spieth, Connors, and Casey in their lineup? Now, I don't know this to be the case, but if I had to bet, now the only reason I would say maybe not is because I know the person I think maxed out their entries, and this was the $10 Millionaire Maker, so yeah. that means $1,500. I think they maxed out. I saw this was like their 69th lineup that won the Millionaire Maker. So there was a chance that this is like a, you know, sharp as, as one would call them yeah, you know, when it comes to gambling. But that is such a square play. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, it might be so square that it became sharp. Mm-hmm. This is really getting abstract. But like I said, I'm not on much sleep, and this is what <laughs> I want to talk about, and so yeah. fuck it, I'm going to talk about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So, in other words, the daily fantasy sports player who won the million may have known that the great players would not do the square play of Spieth ownership percentage around 30% going in. Again, what they wind up being is one thing. You don't know that until the tournament starts. Mm-hmm. What they're projected at is what you got to build everything off of. Yeah. Spieth at 30%. I think Connors was projected at around... 25 yeah. and Casey at 30. So on the low side, 85% ownership for just three players, and you still have three players to fill out your roster. And so the the premise being maybe again, I'm I mean I'm really going into the weeds here, but this is kind of an example of how either my brain works or how fucked up my brain is that maybe the person then built their lineups going, there's no way the good players will do this. And so I'll identify some other kind of random players who aren't going to be owned as much but have a real chance of winning. And I will have the advantage if the Spieth, Connors, Casey, Chalk, Square shit hits Mm -hmm. because the good players won't be on it. Because then the shitty players will also put Cantlay and, you know, I'm trying to think of who else would have been who else would have been up there uh, this week? Justin Thomas. Yeah, JT. Uh, Bryce. That kind of thing. Uh, Bryce, I don't remember what Bryson wound up going off at. I certainly can look it up. The, the point being, the ownership percentage is what matters. And so on Friday afternoon, and I'd love to be able to talk about this, but I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I should just like have my own little personal area of social media that I can communicate <laughs> with people who don't like jerk off to me. Fire off the um, burner. Get the burner rolling. What, create a burner? Yeah, just for <laughs> golf bets. Just to, like, discuss it. It's so fucking uh, – we do have a, uh, an email. I don't know if we'll get to it or not. On the, It's not, not necessarily the dislike, but somebody goes into the explanation. It's not dislike. It's obsession, and yep. there's a difference between the two. <laughs> and, I, and then when he lays it out, I'm kind of like, okay, I think, that, I think he might actually be right. Painfully I still think accurate. that they're – yeah, I still think, though, that there is information out there mm-hmm. uh, that, that is false. Either way, I digress. So, Jackson, on Friday, we are in second place of a tournament, um, and we have, fuck me, this is such, let me see, I've got to have it, though, because we were updating it throughout. Uh, let's see, who did we have? Um, oh, man, such just horrible podcast. Here we go. We had Zalatoris, uh, Justin Thomas, Finau, Hovland, English, Harmon. Mm. And that was in second place winning $10,000. And it was in like 300th place in the Millionaire Maker. Mm. Uh, and I think the buy-in for the one that we were winning 10000 I think that was $100. Um, and the person, the only person ahead of us had Dustin Johnson, and he didn't make the cut. And so we are sitting... So pretty. Now, the ideal person to win would have been Harris English because he was only owned by 1.26% of the field mm-hmm. in that contest. Justin Thomas owned by 30%. Finau, surprisingly, only 9% as I'm looking at this stuff. Zalatoris was 11%. Harmon, 8%. And Hovland, 11%. So the least optimal would have been Thomas. Uh, the most optimal English. English barely made the cut, though, so it wasn't like I was thinking he was going to... I really thought Justin Thomas, Friday afternoon, you ask, who am I going to bet? I'm going to bet Justin Thomas to win the thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he tripled, I think, 13 or 15 in his body language. He never was back in the tournament. So, what winds up happening with the exception of Zalatoris 
and kind of Harmon, all of those guys fell off pretty substantially. English wound up finishing it even. Thomas maybe one under. Finau maybe three under. Um, Hovland had a bad Sunday. And we wound up finishing, I think, in 19th or 21st, one or the other. And that paid like 800 bucks. Mm-hmm. So that's that's great. But the, the, the whole premise being there's a strategy. There's a strategy with that. Um, and it's based on ownership percentages. And that is, that's how you build these things out. Mm-hmm. But the analogy I would often make, and I've, I'm sure I used on the, the podcast, I'm to an extent on the radio, although I really don't like to go into this on the radio because, you know, I know so few people give a fuck about it, mm-hmm. um, is if you're, if you're playing a hand of poker... And let's say you, sh- you know, there's action. You raise preflop. Somebody then re-raises you, and then you come back over the top, all in, and the person calls you, and that person has king jack, and then king jack actually, when you run it, winds up winning. And if you would say to the person, "What in the fuck are you doing, calling my what would it be at that point four bet all in with king jack?" And they go, "Well, I won." At that moment, it is important to internalize your emotion, the reptilian brain, and just go, well, you know what? You're right. Even though you go, oh, my God, this this is the guy I want to be in as many hands with as possible Mm -hmm. because I know this guy doesn't know what he's doing now. Now I know he doesn't know what he's doing. It is advantageous to not tell people how to play the game. So the guys who would go on tilt would sometimes help the bad players by going, what in the fuck are you doing? And then start screaming at him, whether it actually be in person, which I would see playing in the World Series of Poker, which was always uncomfortable, <laughs> or just people tilting, which was way more common online. Yeah. Um, because you could be anonymous tough guy. So with Daily Fantasy, it's not to say I have all the answers. I am still an absolute failure. I mean, to the nth power. I can't imagine many people have lost more playing Daily Fantasy than my user ID. Well, I'm sure they have. But as far as, like, win rate, it has to be horrible. But what I'm telling you is this. Ownership percentage matters more than anything. I really do think that. Now, you can go, well, hold on a second. What if I would have put Larry Mize and Sandy Lyle and Ian Woosnam on my team? Within the realm of reason, which I now know becomes very arbitrary, within the realm of reason, it becomes incredibly important. And so I have a whole spreadsheet built out. And I color code everything, and it's based on ownership percentages. And God, Jackson, this now this is kind of going to sound Iggy-ish. Mm-hmm. But hey, listen, when it gets down to it. So the top five finishers in the Masters were, uh, we know Matsuyama was one. And, uh, and then Zalatoris was two. Spieth and Shoffley finished tied for third. Rom finished tied for fifth with Leishman. Rose, seventh. Reed eighth uh, with Connors, uh, and there are your top uh, what nine golfers: Cameron Smith and Finau ten. Yeah. Um, so I color coded in the spreadsheet with the ownership percentages. Now, what I wound up seeing was Matsuyama at a ten point ten percent ownership projection. What I wound up seeing was I think either seven or eight percent in the Millionaire Maker. Um, and we decided. Well, not we. I I decided to fade. Matsuyama, Dustin Johnson, Cantlay, Morikawa, Berger, Cameron Smith, Neiman. Mm-hmm. Uh, any pl- that's seventy four hundred and above. And obviously, there's all kinds of fades when you get into the you know yeah. Larry Mises, Sandy Lyles of the world. Of but you have to make a conscious decision to fade those, and then you have to also make a decision going, okay, we're going to go Rom and Spieth. Even though I wasn't on board with the Spieth thing, but that was an ownership percentage thing. I thought Spieth had a is good a chance as anybody to win the masters but it wasn't about that it's about the ownership percentage which i realize is so like my wife asks questions very uh just kindly because i know deep (laughs) down she couldn't be more bored and appalled by the whole thing and then my parents will and then my wife's parents will ask questions too and then i'm like well yeah i mean mean, so it'd be good if spieth won i go well yeah but not really (laughs) because if you know spieth is going to be owned by 30 percent of the field and you want to have leverage on the field then you have to have him on like 50 percent of your rosters yep otherwise you're just you're even with the field 
And by that, I mean three out of ten of your rosters are the same as the field. So you either you have to take a stand. You either have to go, okay, I'm going to go 20% less, or I'm going to go an entire fade, or I'm going to go double the field and go 60%. You can't just kind of go, okay, well, I'm going to go with this. So that's the thing. So you have to take a stand. And so, like, when Iggy's talking about, well, I just want to cash, you're not going to ever win with that strategy. Most of the time, I shouldn't say ever or never, but most of the time. So with this, this was the King Jack. King Jack hit this weekend. Mm-hmm. Casey, Connors, and Spieth are King Jack. Yeah. It's the equivalent for poker, and it hit. The combined ownership percentage of the winning roster on the Millionaire Maker, I think, was like 120%. Yeah. And that is so rare. Yep. But you happen to have all three, A, make the cut, and if I'm not mistaken, all top 20. Casey, yeah. Casey came on in the final. Casey finished uh, T26. Yeah, Casey had 69 points. So that was the Connors, t- and then Connors and Spieth were both top 10. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, yeah, having the top four golfers is like, you have that, and even but even that sometimes doesn't get you the win. Like it's crazy, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's four hundred thousand entries. Yeah, that's so. The problem. So that so that's why it was, you know, as, as much as it was. I'm just trying to pull up what the winning roster was, but I, obviously, Matsuyama, Zalatoris, the the chalk three of Connors, Spieth, and and Casey, and then I can't recall. I think the person at Shoffley. Yeah, yeah, Shoffley. Uh, okay. So Shoffley was projected to have twelve point four percent. Do you have it up? Do you have the winning roster up yes, in front of you by yes, chance? Okay. What was what was what did his own what was his ownership percentage in? eleven uh, percent. Okay. And Spieth I had at thirty point one, but I think it wound up being thirty three, right? Yeah, thirty three. Uh Casey I had at where's Casey? Casey I had at thirty point five. I think that wound up going down. Yeah, twenty six. Okay. Connors I had at twenty three. Point five. Would that wind up going? Twenty-one. Okay. So just with Connors, Spieth, and Casey, what's our math? Twenty-one, twenty-six, forty-five, uh, almost seventy, seventy-five, seventy-five percent. About. Wow. Okay. I mean, yeah. So any so right now for the people who actually play and are profitable, they are immediately going, "Oh my God!" But <laughs> yeah. you probably already know that because you probably are already well aware of this because mm-hmm. this is how you make your living. And then you have Zalatoris, who was what eleven ish, fourteen, almost. 15. Oh wow, fifteen percent. Wow. Okay, I had the projection at ten point seven, so that was off. Morikawa was or not Morikawa Matsuyama was seven. Yep. And Shoffley, I had the projection at twelve point four zero, and what he go in eleven. 11, okay. So so you have a combined ownership percentage there of 50, so you're at 90, 97, so what, about 110-ish? Yeah, around there. Yeah, that's just not, I mean, that's that's King Jack. That's, that's actually more like King 9 Yeah. Um, as far as the math goes, but it can happen. And so it's not contrarian for the sake of contrarian with one player. There's actually math to it. There's math to it. You're not going, okay, well, I'm going to put in... Rom, Spieth, Reed, Webb Simpson, you know, Sun yeah. J.M., and then I'll go contrarian with Jason Day or, you know, Joaquin Neiman. Mm-hmm. There, it's, it's not one player or two players. It's math. And so if you were going to put Spieth and Casey or Spieth and Connors or Casey and Connors on any one roster, you had to differentiate in a major way basically the remainder of your roster. Yeah. Because you couldn't have double-digit ownership projections on the rest of your roster. Now, why I'm going into this is beyond me because I know it appeals to such a sliver of the audience. But this is what uh, I was asked as the first question on the fan page. And uh, and it, it happens to be on my mind. Not necessarily because of the Masters itself, which I thought overall was pretty disappointing. Didn't, didn't you? Did, what was your reaction to the actual golf taking gambling out? Yeah. Of you? So on Saturday, uh, I was interested because the such a tiny gap between you know Rose and all the other guys, and then Hideki just catches red hot fire once they sound the horn yeah, to go after back the, after on. After the weather, though, that's the thing about it. Yeah, which was lame. But then on Sunday, it was kind of like, well, Hideki's just going to be in cruise control, avoiding bogeys. You're going to need Zalatoris, who couldn't hit a putt. He couldn't putt for his life. And then it was cool to see Xander kind of make a charge, but the only dramatic moment was on that 16th tee box, yeah, that and was it was it. immediately done when he went in the water. It's like, okay, so it's over. 
And it, so, the, so I don't like when somebody wins a major because somebody lost. Yeah. Danny so, da- and I was immediately going Danny Willett. Mm-hmm. That's immediately where I was going. Mm-hmm. But to Danny Willett's credit, he did he did shoot under par. Yeah. The last time you've had a winner of the Masters shoot over par, and granted Matsuyama was just kind of making sure he didn't double bogey on 18, mm-hmm. yeah, so exactly. he didn't really give a shit. And he would have shot even, uh-huh. but he bogeyed with the, you know, missing that five-footer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Trevor Immelman, 2008, and who remembers the 2008 Masters, uh, who really probably considers Trevor Immelman, you know, a golfer worthy of winning the Masters. The premise being, because of Matsuyama's lead, I think guys had to approach it aggressively from the get-go. Yeah. And then Matsuyama could play it in a different way. Yep. Because he didn't have to no. risk it. And people are like, well, what, what did we do on 15 with that second shot? The mm-hmm. issue with if you lay up on 15, it's an awkward it's an awkward wedge yeah. in. It's it's not a it's not a great layup. It's a no. t- it's a, no matter what you're in a tough spot. Yeah. So I think the thought process is well, not not going in the water. So I'm going to make sure I you know go long. Just and I think I think he it was like a you know uh, I think the trajectory on it was lower than what he usually hits at. I think what he had four iron, and it just blew past the green and into the water. Yeah. Um, so that. So going into yesterday, I was te- I texted with Jennings Jr., Skip Berkmeyer, a um, couple other people who I, whose golf opinions uh, I respect, um, but aren't necessarily people who people in golf would recognize. Mm-hmm. And I go, I love betting against Matsuyama to win. It was you were actually plus money. It was plus one fifteen, mm-hmm. and my reasoning was he's a crappy putter. Yeah, and he's got the fold gene. Mm-hmm. There are some players who have Tiger Woods is the most obvious one. Yeah, but there are others. You know, the No Laying Up podcast guys call them killers. Uh huh. And then Tony Finau is one of the most non-killers out there, i.e., fold. Yeah. And I'm not listen. I I think I've talked about it on this podcast, and this was like a you know C flight member, whatever the fuck it was, not member member uh club champion but again c flight not the real club championship like the dipshits who are like you know <laughs> nine handicaps that's yeah. that's the flight i'm in and this was like four or five years ago but and i just had gotten back into the game it was four years ago i think and i'm like oh my god i'm i'm folding i'm actually i'm <laughs> i'm actually <laughs> i am folding and i'm aware of it it's like what Spieth said. To, it's not like it at all, actually, because he was playing in the Masters on Sunday, and I was playing for seventy-five dollars shop credit. So it's not like it. But he says to Greller after he goes in the water on twelve against Danny Willett, uh, or when Willett won, Willett yeah. wasn't in his pairing. Hey, what did he say? He said like, "I'm folding here, or something, Mike, or yeah. something like that, or I'm falling apart, or whatever." Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, it's oh my god! Like to vocalize it, it's but I mean that's what speed does. Yeah. He's so great. That's mic why he keeps right in his mouth every time. Oh he my hits. god! Yeah, so like it happened to me. I can picture the whole. And I'm just like, oh my god! And it was it wasn't that I lost because who in the whole scheme of things really gives a shit? I mean, it wasn't like I lost money. Yeah. I, 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 you'll find me playing my best when I'm playing for money. If I don't have money involved, I'm really which is a pathetic trait, but it is <laughs> what I am. If there's no money riding, I don't give a shit. Um, so, but. But, you know, I'm, I'm like, I remember going home that night and going, it's not that I, I'm not bothered by the fact that I lost because you're not going to always win. It's that I lost and that I now am aware I have the fold gene. Mm. And so once you recognize it, then you recognize some of the things that go on and you try to manage it when you recognize it. Now, this, again, was a few years ago, not to say I've overcome it, but <laughs> now, if anything, you know... It almost takes you back to poker, where you can say things to people who you're pretty sure they have the full gene, and you can just fucking spin them off into tilt a world land, and it's the greatest if you really want to do it. But almost you feel mean doing it if it's, you know, you know, not something that's like big stakes or anything like that. Now, if it's big stakes, you know, it's business. But the thing that I was texting with people yesterday is this, Jackson. Mm-hmm. Matsuyama has a putting problem, and the only time he got hot was after the rain. Mm-hmm. And I think the putting problem will be exacerbated by the pressure, and so I just don't think he's going to shoot below par. And I think you have a bunch of guys 
it's six and seven under, and one of those guys will hit. Mm-hmm. By will hit, I mean one of them will go off. And if, if you're playing the math then, that means one of the guys at seven shoots a 68, which I felt was likely, mm-hmm. and I didn't think Matsuyama would shoot under par, which mm-hmm. I happened to be right, but I was wrong on the first part. I would have never thought it was Zalatoris who would have the best round of the sevens. Um, I actually thought it was going to wind up being Shoffley. That's who I thought, which I think was kind of, when I looked at the odds, I think Shoffley was like plus 450, and everybody else, like Zalatoris, was plus 1,000. Uh-huh. So even though they both were at the same seven under, people were looking at Shoffley as the likely one. But here's the other thing that I was texting. Shoffley's got the full gene. Yes. But he doesn't have the attention to it that Finau does or Fowler does. But Fowler, it's been so long since he's been leading a a big tournament that, yeah, yeah, that I think people kind of almost forgotten about it. And they're like, oh, what happened to Ricky? But Ricky has the reputation of the full gene. Mm -hmm. And so going back to number 15, when Matsuyama goes in the water, Shoffley... You know, he's hitting second. Yeah. Now, people are focused, and I do want to go into number 16 with him going into the water and Dottie Pepper saying he hit a wall of wind. <laughs> because, let me just put it this way, there will be a lot of walls of wind at the Fan Page Club Championship. <laughs> yeah, there'll be dirt in someone's face, and there's, oh, it's a wall of wind. <laughs> if, we're, if, if that's the new way to say they shit themselves, that's fine. I'm yeah. going to use wall of wind because that was unbelievable. But with that, I, with that said... Shoffley also, quote-unquote, hit a wall of wind with his second shot on 15 yeah. when he went into the bunker. That was a, that was, now, it's not the worst miss with the pin where it is. You want no. to take the miss left out of play and the miss short out of play. But that wasn't a great shot from where he was. Again, Zalatoris was able to get up and down. Shoffley was able to get up and down. They both went in there. But Shoffley now has the chance to get back in this thing and kill. Mm-hmm. And what does he do? He blocks it right into the bunker. Yep. Now he is able to get up and down to his credit, and he he nearly holes out actually with that yeah. bunker shot. Matsuyama bogeys, and now it's a two-stroke lead. And I'm like, okay, this is it. I, I've that's what I say. I actually, and again, I'm talking to my wife, who I know do, doesn't care. I really should just text you, Jackson, because it, 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 <laughs> I'm because she doesn't. <laughs> you'd be up for it, you know. Actually, I'm I'm like instant, like basically instant messaging with Skip Berkmeyer. Yeah. Um, but I'm just sitting there watching this with Anna Marie who just, you know, I was just like, when is this fucking thing going to be over? And (laughs) of course you, you're bragging about your DraftKings team on Friday afternoon. And at this point she just has a hashtag that she responds, which is talk to me Sunday, because (laughs) we're always not on Friday and we always fold up shop by Sunday. Yeah. It is not interested, not (laughs) interested. And of course it's not happening. And, I, and she's like, what's going to happen is Matsuyama's going to wind up winning. It's going to be boring. And you've, you know, gotten all excited about the Masters. It's going to be completely boring again. Just like Sergio winning, even though that was exciting. It was yeah. Sergio winning. Nobody fucking wanted P. Reed to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dustin Johnson thing last year was pretty boring, relatively yeah. speaking. Yeah. And you are convinced. And I'm telling you, I was convinced Matsuyama would play poorly and somebody else would win. And so I'm like, and then the other thing I say, I said, God, this is it. This is the only way Shoffley can win his first major. Somebody's going to have to shit the bed, and he's going to have to be lurking because he's got the shit the bed gene. Mm-hmm. So he steps up on the tee on 16. He's first to go because he's got the honors with Matsuyama's bogey and his birdie on 15. And the way he, I didn't recognize that he, I don't want to say chunked it, but that he caught it as fat as he did. Mm-hmm. Because the way he was staring at it was, it, to me, had the look of somebody who thought he was all over it, especially yeah. that pin on Sunday. Which is Some gettable. people hate that pin on Sunday because it just funnels down. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, my God, he has answered the fucking bell, and he is going to win this thing, and Matsuyama might go in the water. And instead, oh, my God. Yeah. For that, I mean, that is. That's brutal. Uh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't even close either. No, no it wasn't. And Which that, is why the wall of wind thing yeah. was just like... Bullshit. <laughs> oh. But that, you but would I, see Hideki just be like, okay, now I'm going to take the safe play, go on the right side of the absolutely. green, and it's going to be over. I'm going to cruise into Because that's the thing, because if, if Shoffley does that, which I realize, and listen, when he explained it after the round, he said, hey, 
you know, I'm still in chase mode. I'm down two with three holes to go, mm-hmm. you know, and he's right there. Yeah. But that's not what happened, Mm-mm. you know, and, and, and so that in a way that kind of makes me go, shit, he didn't learn his lesson. And because I've been, I, you know, again, I want to say I've been there, it, it's, <laughs> it, but because I haven't, I haven't been within like a millionth of a percentile of it. Uh-huh. But I'm talking about you recognize like when you actually are the one who fucked up yeah. and you want to give credit to somebody else. When in reality, you go, fuck, I fucked up. You Part of learning from it is admitting that you fucked up. Yep. And what was he doing? I hit a perfect eight iron, and the wind just came up. And then, obviously, the wind switched the other direction because then I blew my nine iron from the drop zone. And the guy, I'm like, oh, my God, if anything, that just screams how how rattled you were. Yep. That, that the, the, the third shot from the drop zone blew into the crowd. Holy shit. The, what the, the wall of wind in all of a sudden absolutely shifted, and now the wall of wind was going the other direction? I mean, and so, ah, I am, I, here, here's the thing. I feel horribly for him. Yep. I think that, now when Spieth had that happen on 12 in 2016, at least he had already won, what, two majors at that time? I mean, yeah. nobody had a more dominating you know, year outside of Tiger Woods in the 21st century than, than Jordan Spieth in 2015. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was he was live for every major that year. Yeah, he, won he was two of in them. it at the British Open and then went yeah. to the bunker on 16 or 17 at St Andrews. And uh, and I th- he was playing in the last group with Jason Day. I think won the PGA Championship that year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, he was. Yep. yep. He was he was absolutely live for everything. So he'd at least won. Shoffley is still young, and so he isn't in the Ricky Fowler or what Lee Westwood used to have. Now I think he's so old that mm. people are like, oh, it's not going to happen. Best player to never win a major. I don't know if he gets over this. And I know that sounds awful, and I'm not saying it as a criticism. I'm not. I know it sounds. it may sound like a criticism, but it's just going, oh, shit, this is the kind of thing that you will wear, I mean, when will he get a good night's sleep? It won't be this week. Nope. It won't be this week. And he can he can go out and win a non-major or even a non-master's major. Still won't be and the this same. Will, it won't be the same. I think they said that he's, the last couple tournaments at the Masters, he's gone like three, four, and eight in his last three or so. I'm not sure exactly the numbers. And you can take that as, well, he's playing well at Augusta, or you can take it as he can't close. He was the leader briefly the year Tiger won in 2019, I believe. A uh-huh. bunch of guys that, that year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was, it was either that year. Yeah, oh, God, was it ever. Because uh, you had Molinari on 12, and then it went away. I think Finau may have gotten in there. I know Cantlay did. I think uh-huh. Bubba did briefly. Yep. And Shoffley did. And it just went all over the place, and then Tiger just, you know, mm-hmm. he settled in, and then it was over. Uh, with very little, and actually, he wanted to. Pay, who was the person that he had to edge out? Brooks Kepka, actually, when it was all said and done. But uh, I don't know. I could be off on this, but he already had that. I just don't think it gets Tony Finau right now is the one who gets the attention. But mm-hmm. Tony Finau is not a name that the casual golf fan is aware of. Um, Xander Shoffley is not a name that the casual golf fan is aware of. But He's a great player, as yeah. is Finau, and holy shit. Yep. To me, my, I, I realize, listen, the global story and the story of who won is Hideki Matsuyama, period. No question. And what he did, you know, basically the back nine, starting on number 11 on Saturday, is what won that tournament for him. Yep. And his putt on five to save par Crazy. was was the <laughs> moment, I think, that... Yeah. that that calmed him because his tee shot on one and his tee shot on five were disastrous. But he had a bad tee shot on 13, and he had a bad second shot, and he caught a break on both of them. And so he was getting a little wobbly. And then it was there for, for somebody. And like you said, Zalatoris struck the ball beautifully. He just couldn't make putts. Yeah. People will remember his putt on 18 and go, well, he made that putt. He did make that putt, but he had a lot of birdie opportunities. And he just, it's almost like the stroke was tentative when it kind of bitches out Yep. to the right or left as it as it yeah. gets to the hole. He you're just missing, leaving it short. He was missing amateur side all day. It wasn't it wasn't good. 
And I mean, how can you? I mean, but so he was—he was so damn. He was so yeah. great. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy. And now it sucks because that's my, been my Tam Avenue Capital Partners guy for like the last month and a half. I love—he's—he's he's actually our logo. Will Zalatoris has been our logo <laughs> uh, for like the last six weeks. So the, the cat's out of the bag on Will Zalatoris. We'll yep. never get him at low ownership again. But um, with Shoffley, I'm anxious to see what happens. And I don't. Many people are. Be, thinking that way but to me the story was Xander Shoffley on 16 and I don't think I, I think in a way it's not getting the attention because it's almost like you're not allowed to talk about the yips because mm. it's so poisonous and this is somebody who had the yips um now with baseball not with golf I like when I see it I, I mean I immediately tense up mm-hmm. and I'm not saying Xander Shoffley had the yips but I'm just saying when the hole gets tight yep and I was just like, okay, this is this is what he needed to have happen for him to win his first major. He needed a guy who also had the gene to be the guy he's chasing and and falter. And here you go. And that's why that I wonder how many people, Jackson, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna charge you with this assignment, <laughs> but how many people went in the water yesterday on sixteen? Well, and I'm gonna set the over under at one and a half. Which means Shoffley yeah. and maybe one other person. And I think I'm going under. I don't know if there's a way to find Oh, I know there's a way to find it out, but it would require going through like 50-some-odd people in, in their shot tracer. My point being, it just it, it's just not. Because the shot on 16, which is one of the reasons why it catches shit for that Sunday pin position, is so basic because you just hit it on the high side and then it funnels down. Yeah. So the water's not even in play. So even if you do hit a hashtag wall of wind, that's not your miss. And that's why it was just like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Ah. Mm-hmm. So when I was texting with Skip, I was like, I wasn't like angry because I guess I would have won 500 if Shoffley would have won. I just was like, oh, I feel terribly for him. I feel terribly for him. It's like when Tom Watson had the yips with putting. And I don't think people were angry at him. Of course, gambling wasn't as prevalent as it is now. But you just go, oh, fuck, this poor guy. Because nobody's like, I dislike Xander Shoffley. He's like, he's P. Reed. You know, if anything, he's kind of seemingly a nondescript, nice, really talented guy who hasn't won a major yet. But he has this opportunity. I mean, two back after a dreadful start to his round, and now he's two back and the door is open and a guy who has putting problems has to finish the last three holes at Augusta mm-hmm. and, and you're two back and you can go for the throat on a hole that's, you know, like when somebody aces it, it's almost like not even that special on Sunday yeah, because it's crazy. so, you know, it's so hit it here and it's going to roll down there and it's going to be within, you know, a few feet at the worst. Oh, I listen. I didn't want to go into it on TMA because on TMA people can't fast forward. So if they want it, they get it here. If they don't want it, they can fast forward through it here. But, but yeah. this is what I want to talk about. Definitely. You know, so I'm going to talk about it. But uh, I am, I am, I am concerned. As concerned as you can be for somebody you don't know. Mm-hmm. And I'd be curious. Now, here's the other thing. And I was saying this to Anna Marie, and again, <laughs> just humoring me. Just couldn't be. Just couldn't be. So we're driving afterwards, and it's, I was texting with Skip, and I recall I've texted with Wellington about this, Michael Wellington, Adam Long. Um, I did, wasn't texting with Adam yesterday about the uh, Shoffley thing. And I feel like somebody else. Oh, Chris Nagel, who I played with, who's a great player from St. Louis who played in the U.S. Open a few mm-hmm. years ago, and I played with about a month ago um, in a practice round. When I like I, Wellington, Wellington was going, uh, Smiley Kaufman was supposed to play in a Monday qualifier that Wellington was caddying for Nagel. And I'm like, God, Smiley's in the Monday qualifier. I go, what in the world happened to him? Yeah. Okay, so there's that. Then um, when we had Adam on, and he was, he was a, I think, a pretty decent lead, not like a Matsuyama lead, but a couple strokes, maybe three strokes in, I think it was in the Dominican last year, I think, heading into Sunday. And I'm like, okay, when he won, 
He was chasing Phil Mickelson, and all he cared about was finishing top 10 to be able to qualify for Torrey Pines the next week because he had just gotten his card. I mean, he wasn't in a, I got to fucking beat Mickelson moment. <laughs> That's not <laughs> the mindset he was in. So I was anxious to see how it would play out for him sitting on a lead, and it didn't go well. His response was the same. I'll get to the response momentarily. And who else? Uh, Nagel about something for sure, and Skip yesterday. Uh, and here's a guy who's played in what I think three or four or maybe six U.S. amateurs. I, I don't know. He's played in a billion of them. I know that. And they all have the same response, which is probably why they're great players and why I'm, you know, imploding on the back nine of the sea <laughs> flight. <laughs> <laughs> And, and what do you think their response is, Jackson? I'm going to put you on the spot. We've never talked about it, but they all have the same response. All in all totally separate, different things. So the question being, sorry, I had to mute something real quick. The question being. The question being, like when I said to Wellington, what in the hell happened to Smiley Kaufman? Or I feel terribly, terribly for Xander Shoffley saying that to Skip or. You know, I know it was tough for you because, you know, you had a lead going into Sunday and then you wound up losing yeah. and playing really poorly. They all had the same response. This is going to sound simple, but shit happens. Which essentially, the golf version of shit happens, which is it's a brutal game. Yeah. All of, and, 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 and like for real, like I think you could like probably look at my text history and that would be the response. Almost kind of like, hey, fuck face. <laughs> You know, you've never shot under par in your life. You know, you're, yeah. you know, you yield to the pros here. Yeah, it's kind of like, it, listen, you don't know. Yeah. You just don't so know. fuck off. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like, like I try to like answer questions when it comes to our business as like tactfully and politely as possible without getting to, eh, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Uh, you know, what you're reading in the newspaper isn't necessarily all, you know, the whole story, not yeah. because Dan Caesar's writing it inaccurately per se, but just there's more going on. And if you kind of know me after a while, you kind of know I don't really, you know, play my cards publicly. Th that was that's how I feel they treated me. Mm -hmm. and, and again, not, not mean spiritedly or maliciously no, no, like no. because I, I would imagine if Wellington were texting that to Skip or Adam were texting with Nagel or something, the guys who have all kind of been in the arena mm -hmm. they're treating other people who've been in the arena differently than jack off who's you know <laughs> whose handicap is in such a free fall that the gin app has capped me you know <laughs> yeah. so th yeah that th that's that's the and i feel like i was i can't even recall who was yeah i was playing with a guy who was playing on mini tours i was playing with him last week and i can't even recall what the topic was and he had the same response to something or another and he goes yeah tough game you know <laughs> and and that's that's the and i don't know if like that's the thing to say or if that's just really the mindset in other words yeah you, it's like a guy who's a closer in baseball uh you know it sucks i gotta get him tomorrow or a kicker you know in the nfl or yeah. college football you have to have the mindset that it is inevitably going to happen yep and i think Part of me, and I think Zalatoris, I think I was, you know what, since my laptop's right in front of me, I'll look it up. There's a system, and I think I was looking, it, it is, called DECADE, which stands for Distance, Expectation, Correct Target, Analyze, Discipline, Execute. And I was looking at, I'm pretty sure I was, yeah, I was, I was looking at doing this. Mm-hmm this year, and I actually asked Skip about it when I, when I got down to Florida, like back in January. And was saying to Skip, I said, hey, do you know anything about this? Because I always like to bounce things off. I'm, I'm bound, like I'm changing my putting stroke, and holy shit, is that a, I yeah. mean, just an absolute cluster um, of going straight back and forth, which nobody who's a good player really does. Everybody's mm -hmm. on an arc, and I didn't realize that, which is one of the reasons why my short game's dreadful. But I digress. And Zalatoris apparently uses his decade system. And Skip's like, yeah, he goes, I know the decade system. I can tell it to you if you want. He goes, you don't have to worry about, you know, you know, you can just here. Here's here's. I can tell you what it is. He goes basically every shot's a poker hand. Calculate the odds, and you want to never take the lower than fifty percent play. Mm -hmm. You know, but so much of the decade system is also get as much distance as you can, even when there's risk associated with it. So, uh, so I was asking Skip about certain holes at courses that we both know and how he would play it based on distance and so on and so forth. I digress. Premise being, premise being that there are systems that you can play. Mm -hmm. And um, 
which I know may sound ridiculous. But if you're list, if you've listened, how long have we been going on the master? Maybe this will just be our entire podcast today. Yeah, I'm with it. We're on fifty minutes. Fifty minutes. Okay. Fuck. It's a deep dive. I went deep diving on this, oh, and yeah. it was it started off as daily fantasy sports. Um, that uh, it, that, it, that it gets down to math. It really it just gets down mm-hmm. to math, and and I think for I think there's like an aversion to that. For some people, because then it's like, oh, smartest guy in the room shit. And it's not like I know the math on it. I know the math to an, I certainly know the math on poker. Um, I don't, I, I'm level one of the math on daily fantasy. I don't really, I get the math thought process on golf. Like, for example, you know, Shoffley with 15 yesterday, don't miss left. You're going to aim for the green, but if you miss, your miss is right. Get in the bunker. That's the spot to miss. That kind of thought process, which is very basic, but calculated. Um, you know, same kind of thing with the wall of wind ball. The miss is obviously not short or left. The miss is, um, you know, high side. So with that all with that all said, that is that is where so much of sport is going. I think in a way it might be why some people now are having an aversion to baseball because so much of it is, is dominated by statistics, mm-hmm. probability and statistics. Um, so, but you can't quantify, I don't like to use the word choke, but you can't quantify the choke factor and you can't quantify the killer factor outside of how many times the player had a lead going into Sunday and how many times the player won, which was the Tiger statistic. Yeah. And he would just fucking kill. Yep. Meanwhile, if Tony Finau's in the lead on Sunday, you're like, fuck, i got to watch the back nine because you know something's going to happen and it's going to be brutal and you feel badly for him. Yeah. So... Um, Shoffley's another one of those guys. He just doesn't. He just doesn't have the the, uh, the the He isn't like branded with it. And now I don't know if he will be because I feel like justifiably so the, the attention's on Matsuyama mm-hmm. or Will Zalatoris. Actually, I think if if you were like give me the the big names from the weekend, Matsuyama's one. I think Zalatoris would be two. Don't you think? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so I don't even know if Shoffley's three because Jordan Spieth being back in the mix might be yeah. might be three. John but Rahm for, had to put a nice little run together on Sunday too. That was that was super impressive. Point. It's a shame that he uh it wasn't it wasn't like he was bad Thursday and Friday. It was just even. Yeah. Um but yeah he was he was on fire. It was a bogey free six under was that what yeah, he shot? Bogey free sixty six. And with opportunities actually for that to be lower. So yeah. I I uh I'm you know I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I worry that Xander Shoffley is going to have a tough time picking himself off the mat from that. Now, a lot of people say ever since Jordan Spieth went to Ray's Creek on 12, he was never the same. Um, and you can make that case, but I would point out he won the British Open the following year. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's like oftentimes kind of conveniently forgotten. It's like, oh, Brad Lidge was never the same after he gave it the home run to Pools. Well, he wasn't in, in the short term, but he did close. I think he closed out the World Series. Yeah, with the Phillies. For the Phillies, yeah. So, you know, he did get it back, and perhaps he will. I mean, he's, the talent's there, but the thing is, when you see a guy like Zalatoris, I mean, there are a couple of guys who were in the mix on this thing yesterday even, much less in the last year, who we didn't even know of mm-hmm. the, when Tiger Woods won the Masters this time two years ago. And so the talent is always churning, and there are new guys arriving. You know, I think Victor Hovland played as an amateur the year Tiger won, if I'm not mistaken. So it happens so quickly, and the, my point is this. I was even thinking this with Zalatoris, although I can't. I mean, how can you? I'm not blaming him in any sense. I mean, how the fuck could you not be thrilled that you finished second alone in your first ever major? Yeah. If anything, it's like Spieth in 2014 with Bubba Watson. It's mm-hmm. like this guy, he's going to be around. But just because you got that close the first time doesn't mean you're going to get a bunch of shots. But how can you blame somebody if it's their first chance and they're, they're like, fuck, my first Masters, I almost won it. I can't be too upset because, you know, at the same time, what if you're Will Zalatoris? You've expected to do much better than shoot two under and, you know, yeah. uh, on a Sunday in your first, your first ever Masters. The premise is this. This is the final premise. Just because he's in his 20s and he's been there a bunch doesn't mean he's got a bunch more shots left. That's the premise. And I'm not talking about Zalatoris. I'm talking about Shoffley. And I think he's still in his 20s. Um, pretty certain of that. Can you give me an age 
yeah. on uh I'm gonna make a play on twenty eight. I was gonna say twenty nine. Let's find out. The man is twenty seven. Twenty seven. Certainly. Once you get to 30, though, and you don't have them, which is weird to me because I don't see it that way. But it's not necessarily that 30 is old so much as these guys who come up yeah. and they play this system. And that's what, the, the like I saw one of the questions asked, I don't know if it was of Brandel Chambly or the No Laying Up guys or Brad Faxon or something like, hey, we saw Zalatoris use the decade system. You think other guys will start using it now. And whoever responds, like, a bunch of people already using that. That's it's the talent. It's his ability. I mean, be what six one and weigh a buck forty five. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, it's crazy. And hit the ball like that. I mean, he was Jackson. He was flaw. I feel like every tee shot. I'm like, fuck. I'm nervous for him here. And yeah, he was. They just pipe it with these tight little draws. Yeah, that, <laughs> in the middle with sick trash. Yeah, with even and not only his driver but his three wood. It was rock solid. It's just he couldn't. Couldn't put it in the bottom of the cup. You know, yeah. He had a ton, he even had par putts that he missed. And he said in his post round, he's like, I probably could have found a shot out there. I can tell you, Mr. Zalatoris, I saw three or four shots out yeah. there on the greens alone where you could have made up with that. But like you said, shooting two under on Sunday, your first Masters, is nothing to sneeze at. Right. Yeah. I mean, you really, I mean, just, I would have never thought. I, at the same time, by Sunday morning, I'm like, how can I doubt the guy anymore? And, he, yeah. and again, he's a guy I was on, but I mean, it's one thing to be on the guy when he's playing in, you know, I don't want to call them random events. I mean, I think I was on him for the players, if I'm not mistaken. That's a huge event. But Sunday at the Masters is a whole other thing, which is why I thought if somebody could have gotten on Matsuyama, you know, right around the turn when he's having to deal with 10, 11, and 12, mm-hmm. perhaps it's a different outcome. But when he made the turn, I think he might have had his biggest lead, you know, and, yeah. you know, it, so it's like when he hit the ball and he blocked it off the tee on one, I go, well, here we fucking go. I yeah. knew this was going to happen. I was nervous and after that. I was like, I was here like, we here we go. Yeah. But to his credit, his ability to save par on five yeah, with a putt nuts. that if it doesn't hit the hole is Boy, back was, on the tee box. Yeah, that thing was fucking flying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, he's, he's you know, that that was that that to me anyway was the moment. Yeah. And I think at the same moment, Zalatoris either missed a birdie putt or mm. – uh, or Mr. Par Putt, so it was a it was a big swing. Um, let me talk about uh, Jim Rod. Jim Rogers was down here, mm-hmm. and I played golf with him. And he and I played. I'm so bad right now. It's not. It's I'm not that far off. It's just so fucking tough down here. It's so yeah, tough. Yeah. I mean, water in every hole, 25 mile an hour gusts. We have back to back par fives, and they're dead into the south wind and the wind's blowing out of the south most of the time and they play like 650 yards and the number one handicap holes a par five how often do you have that yeah that's rare it's brutal i mean i'm like oh my god i just played out of my mind oh my god i shot a fucking 40 on the front what in the world it's just a grind Mm -hmm. so anyway jim rogers was down here and he goes boy i think i let my game rub off on you i'm like no i didn't even play that bad man (laughs) so this is how bad it's been for me. Uh, but Jim Rogers with Restoration One of CentralStLouis.com. And now he has American Environmental. 314-664-2800. When you think of air quality, you likely think of outdoor pollution. Most people aren't aware that the quality of air in your home has a much greater effect on you than outdoor pollutants. On average, a person spends 12 hours a day in their home. And with the pandemic, that number has increased significantly. The air in your home could have mold, dust, pet dander, elevated levels of radon, or even carbon monoxide levels that are invisible and odorless. Air goes in our lungs and air goes out our lungs. Ah, yes, air. The significance of good air quality is more important than you think it is when it comes to overall health. Call American Environmental if you have any questions pertaining to the air you're breathing in your home. 314-664-2800. Expertise in indoor air quality testing for over 25 years. 314 664 2800 and Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Everybody needs a good financial advisor. I recommend Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. He's online at evergreenstl.com or you can call him at 314-889-0503. That's 314-889-0503. The ability to text, email, call somebody who you know knows your situation financially and get guidance is so invaluable it's so invaluable i just want to take myself at 23 years old 
I remember meeting with somebody at 23 years old and just kind of going, eh, whatever. I didn't understand, didn't care to even try to understand and how irresponsible that was. And it went on for like 15 years too. So, I mean, it was just really bad. And I don't know, maybe, it, and listen, if I would have had maybe somebody like Mark who's proactive and, you know, you just feel comfortable talking to, maybe I, maybe things would have been different. I don't know. But I messed up and it's my responsibility and I'm pissed at myself for it. So make sure you're doing business with a good person. 314-889-0503, Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, evergreenstl.com. That's Mark Hanna with Evergreen Wealth Strategies. And... Finally, Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling, the official HVAC provider of both the Ryan Kelly Morning After and the Tim McKernan Show podcast. Right now, Seth has a great deal, designairservice.com, where you can get a $17 a month maintenance program with Design Air Heating and Cooling. That way you know you're never going to get hit over the head with some monster, monster charge because something broke down. They are ahead of it. They're maintaining it for you. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling. Anybody who's done business with them. At this point now, it, it just it's, you almost expect it. Just raves about the customer service. What Seth does, you would think everybody would do it, but he goes out of his way with the customer service, and it is second to none. The quality of the customer service too. Even if Seth weren't advertising, I'd be a Design Air guy. Design Air Heating and Cooling. Designairservice.com, the official HVAC provider of the Tim McKernan Show. Ryan Kelly, morning after. With that all said, we've got a Masters Deep Dive podcast that was not the intent. Um, but uh, what the hell, there we are. I uh, want to thank all of our sponsors for making it possible. Ryan Kelly, the Home Loan Expert online at thehomeloanexpert.com. James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, 314-961-4800, or go online at carltoninsurance.net. Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson of Munganess, stlouisacura.com, altontoyota.com, and also Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling, online at designairservice.com. Jim Rogers of American Environmental, and Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies online at evergreenstl.com. For Action Jackson, Virgin Pringle, Sauce Boss, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been a very special edition of Daily Fantasy Sports Golf Deep Dive on the Masters here on the Tim McKernan Show inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.